This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, however it applies. For what is your Thursday episode of the show here? As Pete and I start taking you through, getting you closer to Ravens week, uh, we got a good topic here I think we want to get to. Got some listener questions. Uh, hope you got to the crossover. Obviously, you know, you're two for Tuesday with John, John Costco on PFF and Pete and I doing the mailbag and the 24-hour assessment. And, of course, the uh, post-game show from Doomsday in the Desert, so to speak. Uh, obviously, your host, Jeff Floyd, from Browns Maven through SI.com. Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Browns-wise, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, Pete, over at Browns Maven, Someone published last night a great piece on the importance of, well, not the importance of, I should say, or the scenarios involving Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, whoever wrote it over there. I'm sure as hell it wasn't you. I kid, guys. I kid. But Pete, reading the article and getting into it, and, you know, you, you know, you pretty much outlaid, you know, every scenario which way. And again, you know, I tried to tell you guys, I reached out the other day to anybody I could reach out and get an answer from. The Browns, if you're looking to trade Odell Beckham, you're not getting around one pick. It's just not happening. This is going to be – Odell was part of one of the greatest wide receiver draft classes in recent memory in 2014. 2020 is, for now, obviously, we're talking about prospects, shaping up to look similar, at least as far as you know the potential talent available. But, Pete, the thing here is, uh, with all that's invested, and this is the thing, and – you know, wide receivers are going to be wide receivers. Yeah, that happens. But when you have this duo and the money they make, it, it can't just be a wide receivers or wide receivers. They've got to be more than that. They they can't just be guys who make plays. It, they've got to be part of the core. They've got to be part of, you know, because look, you know, there, there's talk about each one of these guys potentially ripping locker rooms apart, whether it was New York or whether it was Miami. So the combustibility is certainly there. And, you know, with, you know, the Miles Garrett's of the world, and the Baker Mayfields of the world, and the Nick Chubbs of the world, you just can't have it. So, you know, today was maybe a little bit of a brighter spot for me. I think the way, you know, Odell spoke, uh, obviously the way Jarvis spoke. But it, it's a gamble. But this is also a lot of his on, you know, Jarvis and Odell themselves. They wanted this. So, you know, when they, you know, both saying, look, we got to find a way to make this work. You hope it's true because, you know, everybody in that locker room's NFL life is at stake. Every coach, everyone in the front office, this this will be on everybody if there's no serious success starting next year. Um, yeah, so if, if, if the Browns investigate uh, and they go through this and they basically determine that um, – you know, that these guys aren't committed in a way that's, you know, enough. Uh, and obviously they came out with some strong statements today, which is, um, you know, people can believe them or, you know, um, they, they can they can basically suggest that it's, you know, covering covering their ass at this point. Um, if they come to, if the Browns come to the conclusion that they are not going to take this uh, team in a positive direction, because both of the, you know, they're the two, two of the three highest contracts on the team. So, uh, by, you know, by contract, by, um, 
whatever, they are leaders of the team whether they want to be or not. Obviously, Landry is somebody who's championed as a, as a, as a guy who's beneficial to the locker room. But if the Browns say this is not going to work, they can decide to go ahead and pull the plug and trade them. Um, and like you said, they aren't going to get much return um, on, on them. Uh, Landry wasn't worth much when the Browns got him in the first place. Um, Beckham won't be worth as much um, until you get past this draft class and somebody you know, finds himself short. But the belief that this draft class is historically good um, you're, you're, you're talking about guys who will be on rookie contracts as opposed to $17 million this year for Odell Beckham and $14 million for Landry. Um, and you're John Dorsey, and you have to – you're a 6-8 football team. You can, you can be awful um, that, and, and underwhelm and underperform without also having to be badgered by ownership as to why – why am I seeing reports that these players are essentially trashing my team? Why, why are they, you know, in effect throwing the, the quarterback under the bus and putting the rest of the locker room in an awkward position? Um, you know, beyond the eventual cap savings that would come from that and not paying those guys, obviously you would uh, basically be paring down and building the team or the, the offense around Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, and, and a, what you hope is a stronger offensive line. Um, you are not putting Mayfield in a situation or the offense in a situation where you have to um, cater to anyone. You are just trying to get guys who are hungry and looking to get better and aren't going to sit there and whine about targets or whatever. They're just worried about wins and you know, all that all that stuff. Um, because Dorsey's potential problem with this if, is if they don't get this figured out and uh, he could essentially go down with them, uh, they could take him down. Um, if, if you get into a situation where you stick with, you hold this thing together and you're trying to make everything work and it feels shaky right now, um, whether you get a new coach or you stick with Freddie Kitchens, whatever, that you could find yourself, you know, next year where, you know, let's say they start, you know, come out one and three or something or, you know, what, whatever that's underperforming and you deal with this exact same thing again. And at that point, you have less options to, to move these guys. You then, you know, have, have sunk another year into this um, and then you have to take that step back. So the argument is, look, if, if we don't believe this is going to work, we're going to go ahead and pull the plug now try to get some assets and take advantage of this, you know, this, this draft class and build, um, build, build the offense around Baker Mayfield and, 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 and take that smaller step back, maybe have a stronger locker room and work from there. Um, you know, that's not necessarily the answer, but it's just a discussion that seemed reasonable to have. Um, my, my expectation is the Browns are ultimately going to, stick with it and try to make it work in no small part because Dorsey probably feels like he has to. Uh, but again, it, it comes down to at some point ownership's going to get fed up uh, and maybe that's already happened. And maybe that's part of why these statements came out where they're basically saying, we're giving these guys a combined $31 million. We're not winning. And they're making this look like shit. And you brought them in here to build this team. 
you know, if you don't fix this, it's your ass. And that's where I think the rubber could theoretically meet the road. So I, I, I expect it will be worked out, but there's, even if you feel good about where this thing is like today, you know, another report could surface tomorrow and you're, you're, you're feeling nervous. But I mean, the bottom line is let's get, say we get to the off season. We get, we get to June and July and we start hearing this crap uh, in, in some form or fashion. It, you know, the season hasn't even started yet and we're already into this mess. So that's where I think it's a consideration and there's an argument to do it. Uh, so that's in essence uh, because right now you you know obviously Odell Beckham is dealing with a, 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 a sports hernia and that's obviously um, making a big impact. But no one can make the argument that those two guys right now have made the Cleveland Browns better because they haven't. Um, Baker Mayfield's not better with them. I mean, he's actually better throwing the ball to other people. Um, so the argument to keep them right now, if they are a problem, and again, that's a big if, uh, the, that then you know, the argument isn't, well, we have to keep them because they're good. It's we have to keep them because they aren't worth anything and we don't want to take a, a bath on the value of it. So we'll see. Uh, look, I mean, for the $31 million, as you mentioned, involved next year, which is a huge, huge chunk of, you know, uh, obviously you have your, you know, financial cap and, you know, both of them playing the same position. And look, you know, this could be, you know, where it is this year where Jarvis may tip 1,100 yards, Odell at 1,000, you know, a healthy Odell, maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with these guys getting – 2,500 yards receiving. Um, you got to find a way, though, to get the other assets involved. Um, and this is kind of where the Higgins thing, look, we never saw Rashard with them. Oh, well, I mean, except for that first drive against Tennessee, and you saw some juice there. So, you, you know, the, it certainly needs to involve a third wide receiver because you just need it. And look, there's times, look, I, I whatever, and if it's a Freddie thing and Freddie's not here and it's, and it's a, you know, 12 works for personnel works for Freddie or, you know, two running back, whatever personnel works better for Freddie, that's fine. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, Todd McShay just released a mock draft where eight wide receivers are going in round one. It seems almost everybody else can do this. So you just get a little, you know, find a way to get some of the firepower back that you're going to lose, uh, whether it was Callaway, whether it was Higgins. Um, you got to understand that, you know, Maybe the best years of Jarvis and Odell's career are in the rear view. So, but there's just so much invested in this. And like you said, I mean, if you're going to move the, on from them, you're maybe getting, you know, 15, you may at best, maybe you're getting 25 cents on a dollar, which is going to kill you because it's just creating more gaping holes on this roster, which you have, you don't need because it's just more work you have to do, which you shouldn't have to because, you know, you have some of the, key yeah most of the key factors taken care of go fill up the holes you didn't get to yet for whatever reason you didn't but look i mean those two guys if they want to stay together which it seems like they do and it, it, the one thing it seems is there's never really been you know anything where they're together it seems like they are tight together but now they got to find a way where it's not just an odell and a jarvis thing it's an odell and a jarvis and 51 other dudes and you know and look you have you have the firepower you do you know, is it the leadership? Is it Freddie? Who knows? And look, you know, it, it certainly wouldn't be the first instance where players are realizing a coach ain't capable 
and it just ain't stinking working out. It's, but fine. But, you know, these windows are small and they're rare. And in a year or two, there's going to be a couple more guys who are going to take up an obscene amount, even more of the financial resources and assets this team has. It, it's got to get worked out. It was great to hear Odell talk today. And look, you, you got to think somewhere along the line, somehow, some way, Jarvis and Odell were spoke to somebody up above or were spoken to and everything was laid out. Um, you know, you hear you know Odell talking about a house and he's doing reservations. And, you know, God bless him. Could you imagine what Odell Beckham Jr.'s doghouse looks like? That dog's probably living better than some of us are. Uh, so you just it, it's it's there. I still don't think it's that far away. You know, do I feel a little bit like I got hoodwinked going into this year? Yeah, I admit it. You know, did I maybe buy into it? You know, was it more than just Freddie? Sure. Was Freddie a big part of it? Sure. Did we fall in love with oh, the country old bumpkin? Da, 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 da. Maybe we did. Maybe we did. But there's still enough pieces in place. You still think Greedy Williams is going to develop in at least to a decent cornerback, too. I'm all right with Denzel Ward. You know, still want Joe around. Who the hell knows there? Um, but it, it's got to work out because it's there's just too much at stake for everybody. And like you said with Baker, I mean, I cannot believe Baker Mayfield's going to finish statistically worse than he did last year, Pete. That, that's mind-blowing to me. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's disappointing uh, on any number of levels. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, that's the problem. Is, um, you can't sit here and go, well, you know, it's everybody else's fault. You're, I mean, you're being paid, you know, 12.67% of the salary cap this year. Like, you're the dudes who are supposed to be making this happen. So even if you think Freddie Kitchens is a moron, it does not help you to, you know, basically go scorched earth and, and put everybody else on the team in an awkward position. It doesn't help you to make what is effectively a vote of no confidence on the quarterback. Um, and it doesn't help to essentially make your workplace that you're trying to get improved look worse. So if they do get the head coach or, or they, they, they do have the interest in the head coach uh, that you want, that head coach may say, I don't want to deal with this and ultimately move on. So I think what happened today is important. I, I think the the Browns have to get to the bottom of this. I think they have to control the message here because I think that's part of the problem. Um, they haven't. And obviously, like, these type of reports can, can get out there even if they're not true. I mean, um, Jarvis Landry is obviously strongly – uh, refuting not just quote-unquote reports, but specifically Mike Silver. So, is it you know is it is it does that mean it didn't happen? No, um, it, it could happen and still not be the end of the world. But again, it's just a bad look that makes it doesn't make. Freddie, I mean, Freddie Kitchens looks bad enough. I mean, he, he doesn't need help. Uh, at, at, at that point, you're now taking other people with him. And, you know, I think at some point they have to realize, and, and that may have been what, what has happened, is this is the only team that's going to have both of them on it. There is no scenario, unless they want to take massive pay cuts, that they're going to be on the same team again. So if they love that as much as they claim they do, then that's part of the reason they have to sort of take control of the message. And, I, and I'm sure on some level there's, 
a little bit of awareness on both their parts that you know that, that they're going to get reputations for being difficult or being coach killers or being dis- disruptive to a locker room, whatever, because both of them have been connect- connected to doing that already. And there's always this element of, you know, the, there's always people who've been sort of arguing that they don't, that, that that reputation is undeserved. But if it happens again, I mean, there's no, there's nowhere to run from at that point. It's just, it, it, it's twice. Like at, at some point, it's just what it is. Yeah. For me, it's the old adage of fool me once, fool me twice. There ain't going to be a third time. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe it was them. Maybe they talked about it and said, man, we wanted this, we wanted this forever. And, you know, here it is nine months and, you know, people are thinking we don't want this to continue. Well, balls in your court, gentlemen. And it ain't just about being playmakers now. It's about part, you know, being figureheads and, you know, leaders, whatever that may mean, not necessarily, but not, you, you don't necessarily have to be leaders, but you certainly can't be distractions. And that's when things aren't going good with this team, that's usually a lot of the talk. And, <clears throat> Unfairly, you have a player like Nick Chubb and who's been a phenomenal player this year and Joe Schobert. Those folks, those their efforts don't get mentioned because of the nonsense that's got on and the losing and, you know, some of the guys who were, you know, carrying the load. And one other thing, I'll close this before we start moving it on is, you know, it's weird at times that, you know, the Browns are in a hole with Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. And you got to say, all right, well, whatever we do, we got to get the ball to Nick Chubb in his hands for the next six of the seven plays here, or this game's over. Shouldn't be that way. It should be a really, really nice blend here. Somebody figure out the freaking recipe and get it right. We'll get to a little more here on Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, uh, any of my Spotify users. Uh, obviously, the uh, they're doing the end of the year wraps, you know, top podcast, how much time you spent. Tag the show, tag Locked On Live, tag me. So put the pictures up. I want to see how much time you guys spent with us all this year. Uh, we appreciate it, no doubt. So Pete always says, thanks so much to everybody for putting up with us. Pete, Pro Bowl. Obviously, you and I, we've never really been a big fan. Not necessarily the, the measurement stick you need. Marquise Pouncey, folks, if you need a question or not. Nick Chubb, absolutely congratulations. Well-deserved. Jarvis Landry, I haven't really looked at all the wide receiver numbers. I think some guys deserve better than being alternate, Pete. Um, and here's the funniest part of it. I mean, you look at a team like the Ravens, who right now could be the number one seed. Everybody thinks this is a sexy, trendy uh, Super Bowl pick. Uh, there'd be 12 names right off the bat to replace, which shows where this game kind of ends up being. That is, It is what it is, and especially now the way it's played. I mean, it's literally played at uh, a thud, and anybody who knows enough about football and practice, which means, you know, there's a – I touched you and I put my arms around you, so the play's dead, so just stop running which is where it's played. Honestly, it's the way it should be. I mean, you don't need the game. You don't need it at all. And, you know, if it was any player of mine, you know, my advice would be, oh, if you want to go, you don't want to go. That's absolutely fantastic. Certainly don't want you to do something that doesn't mean anything. Uh, but, you know, for, for Nick, Pete, obviously a first time. And I think Nick, and it's going to be weird because, you know, Nick doesn't come out of his shell, but Nick deserves to be mentioned like this. This is how incredibly good he's been this year. Um, so Chubb absolutely deserved it. Uh, I think Jarvis Landry deserved it, but that's because I think this is the equivalent of uh, this wide receiver conference is the equivalent of Vince Young and Derek Anderson going to the Pro Bowl. It's 
I didn't realize how awful the AFC was at wide receiver this year. Uh, and Tyreek Hill going is a joke. Um, and he, he didn't, it wasn't awesome that he's in with like 750 yards. Um, you go to the NFC side and, and, and it's probably about 15 deep before you get to some. The of NFC, the, you can do it just from the NFC South. Yeah. I mean, it's so you know, based on the format, you know what? It's fine. Uh, I, you know, it, it, I think it's stupid. Ultimately, because, you know, this is the argument's going to be because Jarvis Landry is going to get a Hall of Fame argument. Uh, doesn't deserve it whatsoever, but it's what's going to happen because they're going to say, well, look how many Pro Bowls he had. Um, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that J.C. Treader didn't get anything. Uh, I think he deserves better than, than nothing. Marquise Pouncey is in because people know his name. He's not a top-level center. Um, and, and even if you think he is a pretty good center, I think J.C. Treader is a better center. Uh, but Joe Schobert was a Pro Bowl player and is an alternate. He'll probably go, but he should have gone. I don't think Petonio got anything. He should be, you know, more than he's getting. And Denzel Ward doesn't deserve to be a fifth alternate or whatever he is. You know, he didn't have a Pro Bowl season. It is what it is. I, I think the the way the Pro Bowl is done is terrible. It's entirely a popularity contest. You tend to go, uh, you know, the people who have the most Twitter followers tend to go um, because that's, you know how they do a lot of a lot of the voting with that even the ravens thing like marcus marcus peters is voted in the pro bowl for the afc how many games has he actually played in the afc like it's it's just it's silly but um and and yet people keep insisting on you know tying contract bonuses to it and ultimately hall of fame argument which is which is how we got here, which is really the, the part that is going to matter out of this, which I think is silly. Um, so it's, it's, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, the Browns aren't in it as much as maybe they could be. But a lot of that is because, like, I think Miles, Miles Garrett would still be in the Hall, it would still be in the Pro Bowl this year if he was, if he, he, he was taken off the ballot. If he was still on it, I think he was still gone because he was he was that good. So just disappointing on a lot of fronts. Yeah, and, and look, and I, you know, and Pete, I'll tell you all the time, you know, we don't want any Browns there. Whatever, go do what you got to do. Get yourself right. Get your body right. Get your mind right. Get the off season that you need. Get back to your routine. Get yourself ready for, you know, and we always say this, you know, get yourself ready for what is hopefully the best year of your career. Because you say that to every player and you talk to every player about that in the offseason. That's what you want. Get yourself ready for hopefully what is the best year in your career. But, you know, I I, I like it for Nick because I I think the spotlight is there. And if this team was better, obviously, it would be. um, And it'll be funny for anybody who tries to talk to him and you kind of get a, you know, I'm just here to, you know, I'm here to thank the fans and, you know, just hoping to have a fun day. And, you know, they're going to go for a question, too. And Nick's going to exit state to left because it's just the type of guy he is. Uh, but, look, you know, I'll be honest. You know, I'm sure there'll be others that go. Um, you know, I, I think Joe will find a way there. And others, it's – it is what it is at this point. I mean, you, you talk about whatever amount was – whatever amount of players was, you know, given Pro Bowl honors yesterday, um, there'll be 50 if not more, who end up going to the same Pro Bowl. And that's the thing, you know, it's, you know, and everybody talks about it or whatever. And I had somebody arguing with me one day about Andy Dalton over Zampezi's worth, you know, 
Andy, you know, there's times where these guys are, it's, hey, are you available? B, are you healthy? C, is your wife cool with you canceling the vacation plans that most likely you had <laughs> so you can come and play in the Pro Bowl? You know, so, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of times it turns into the, uh, we have nine guys to play pickup basketball. Hey, does anybody know somebody that might be available at four o'clock so we can play five on five? Uh, that is what it is, guys. Um, let's go here. I guess uh, Andrew Harbaugh. Uh, I know Andrew, you know, he's a guy who uh, kind of started his own site, you know, kind of fell in love with the Stick to Football podcast, Matt Miller, Connor Rogers. But I know he's working hard, doing some great work. And he's actually, and this is actually a good one here. What is a curveball of a first round pick you could basically see John Dorsey doing? And as soon as I read the question, I was like, oh, God, Andrew might be right here because there could just be that. Why? Huh? What? So obviously this right off the bat, Pete, this would be assuming no left tackle. So my answer, I guess, would be you don't sign Joe Schobert, Pete, and for some reason you would draft a linebacker in round one. Uh, oh, actually, okay. well, there you go. Th- that would be Isaiah Simmons. But go ahead, Pete. Well, I mean, if if they don't, you know, if they don't resign Schobert, which is would be insane on its own right. I, I don't know if that would qualify as a curveball anymore because you have no linebackers. Um, I mean, my my curveball. Oh, you went John, two years I, without a left tackle, Pete. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my curveball at that point would be John, John Dorsey's not the one making the pick. Um, <laughs> There's a, there there was that one in the back of my head too. If it's not left tackle, it's because it's right tackle. I, it, it just, I, I obviously, you know, every every time it's well, not the whole Grant Delpit tackle, or any safety. Yeah, it's ahead. always Grant Delpit every time. So I mean, I guess I, again, I, I think it's offensive tackle and pencil uh, at this point. I mean, it's theoretically possible that the curveball would be Joe Batonio moves up to tackle and they take another guard. Uh, but you know, I think. Ain't gonna let that horse die, are you? No, it's it's because it's perfectly reasonable. Like the whole argument has been, well, you know, obviously they didn't think Batonio could do it. That was never the question. Batonio was good. Uh, It was entirely, well, they didn't trust the interior of the offensive line to do the job. And if they love uh, Wyatt Teller at right guard, and 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 for instance, they get, you know, they they love Drew Forbes as a guard. Who's and currently listed yeah, as the second string left guard? We well, yeah, that's I don't know what that means, but yes, if they were saying, "Man, we got to get this guy on the field," and they go, "Well, the best way to do that would be to move Batonio out to left tackle, and then all we have to do is get a right tackle at that point, we're all set." So, I, I, I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it's not out of the realm of possibility. And and despite people who keep insisting this. Joel is not opposed to doing it. All he's ever said is he'd like more than six weeks to prepare for it. Uh, he would want a full off season to do it. Uh, but even when he did it on, you know, short notice, Miles Garrett said he was great. So it, it, it's just, the, the thing is the interior of the offensive line is critical to what they're doing with Baker Mayfield. And if they're really happy with that, then they could theoretically do it. But again, offensive tackle in pencil. Is, is still where I'm at, where I continue to be. It's largely a question of which one. And especially, I mean, I believe right now they hold the 15th overall. And, you know, depending on who you talk to, I mean, you know, well, Mache's not one of them. Well, I'm not really sold on this tackle class. That's why I have uh, 25% of my mock draft having wide receivers. Okay. Um, but, you know, 
for the majority of the folks that, you know, I follow and I look at and everybody kind of varies on who they think that top guy is. Well, I don't want to say everybody. Um, there's a Dane Brugler who Pete and I obviously have a lot of faith in. Um, you guys should all know him, obviously, you know, back in Ohio where he grew up. Um, he actually has Jedrick Willis from Alabama there. There's folks who love Alex Leatherwood, uh, Werfs. Um, I know the kid from USC is starting to put it together, which is weird. A lot of positive buzz. Pete, by the way, did you see USC has the 76th overall recruiting class right now? This is USC. God damn it, Aunt Becky. What did you do to USC athletics? 76th overall. That's an embarrassment. Well, look, I mean, this is entirely a product of, of what they did with the AD and his um, um, endorsement of uh, the head coach there. Uh, they basically admitted that they, 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 the only reason he still has the job is they, they didn't find the guy they, they couldn't liked. couldn't get so somebody better. <laughs> yeah, they, they chopped him off his knees, so nobody wants to go there. It's not, you know, the great job it was. Uh, it's in the Pac-12, which is, you know, having its own struggles. And you've got teams like Oregon that, that is more of a draw right now. And, and, you know, Stanford, which is a unique draw. So the thing is, like, I expect if you go through recruiting classes, like I expect like Oregon did fine. Um, but at least as far as, you know, the, the whole recruiting class thing matters at this point, it's largely schools in the East and it's those big time programs, Ohio state, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. Um, but it's, there's a real migration of players um, from the West Coast and out of the Pac-12 into these other conferences, and that's really, really bad news uh, for for that conference because it, for a while it was not only you know really, really good; it was arguably you know sort of one B with a couple other things, and they had like the murderers row of coaches, and now it's just like all these people are getting the hell out of Dodge, like Chris Peterson resigning um, to allegedly recharge, you know. <coughs> You've got, uh, you know, the USC job is obviously a mess. Um, UCLA is up in the air. You, you know, you've got Arizona and Arizona State, which are, you know, they're not bad. They're just sort of stuck in limbo. So there's just all these things that are going on, and, and they don't really have – I think Oregon right now is the most marquee program out there on the West Coast, which is not where that conference wants to be. You know, they may love Oregon, but that's that's – they want USC or UCLA to be that big time draw and specifically USC um, because of what that does, uh, particularly with TV ratings. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look, there's some of these schools that are over on this side and, and I, I should note, it's not just like Chris Peterson, like um, what's his face. Jeff Tedford resigned at Fresno state. I don't know what the real deal with that is, but there's a lot of coaches that are just like getting the hell out of the West and moving further east and that's i would i would say is a, a big cause a, a cause for concern for for that that uh set of coaches uh i wouldn't be surprised if that continues but uh yeah you, you see all these players going sneaky east but i don't put a ton of stock into those uh recruiting classes uh it's really hard to sort of you know obviously there there's no unquestionably going to be you know some five-star dudes that are great but i would remind people that Chad Thomas was a five-star high school recruit um, and he can't play dead. So, you know, you're betting on these 17 year old kids and, and obviously you hope. So, and, and a lot of them, it's, it's based on the fact that they're maxed out physically 
and ability wise by 17 or 18 years old. And there's no more growth to the player. And, you know, there's so much that goes into it. There's just a lot that goes into that. I mean, again, so 17 year, 17 year old kid, you know, a lot can change for any number of reasons. So, you know, you hope it works out for the best. You hope the kids, uh, it, it's great for them. Uh, you know, I don't pay attention to it unless it's players I'm, I know. So, you know, that will obviously be a big deal uh, for at least one of our kids next year, hopefully a couple. Um, but I don't really pay attention to that stuff. I'm, I'm only really – it's just because of the whole nature of it. So I'm only really interested in, in our kids or, you know, some kids from Ohio that we've played against uh, that, that are interesting. Like I think – uh, the one tailback from our conference is, is, is one of the one of the recruits that's going to Cincinnati as a slot receiver. Like those type of things are interesting to me. But overall, it just doesn't do much for me. I'm I'm more interested to see where they end up in a couple of years. Yeah, um, you know, just real quickly for me, um, uh, a bunch of my Florida State fans on Twitter today. Uh, apparently, you know, new head coach Mike Norville robbed Louisville of a bunch of recruits, and they're all celebrating, and make jokes about Louisville. Um, the problem here is, guys, um, people committed to Louisville before they committed to Florida State originally. Um, so I'm glad the guys getting some players, but, uh, they desperately needed down there, but there's that, um, my high school, like Pete said, where we have our rooting interest, my high school today, uh, we sent, uh, you know, we sent, uh, primarily was a defensive player. It looks like, you know, his original plans up at Boston college is going to be a tight end. Uh, we did send, um, and Quentin Nelson, obviously a fellow, you know, alumni of my high school, Notre Dame player, their tight end when is headed out to Notre Dame. So, so it's cool to see where, you know, my high school program's at. But like Pete, you know, for us, that part is – and those who recover it, those who cover it, it's an, it, it's amazing, it's insane, because getting the knowledge of it is a lot difficult, difficult than everything else we do. So those who are truly into it, God bless you. Uh, we got a little bit more here to get to. Do got to sneak this in, though. It is that time of year. Christmas is coming up quick, and we're approaching the 25-plus. And our friends at MyBook, you want to make your season special with 12 days of gifts. MyBookie is already one of the most trusted and reputable sportsbook in the industry. And the holiday season, they are getting into the spirit of giving with 12 straight days of giveaways. That's right, 12 days of risk-free gifts. A new gift every single day, so you can take your game to the next level. Uh, they kicked off the promotion with 14 um, on the 14th with a free parlay uh, for the UFC. And they will keep the gift giving through 25 cent free bets, free spins, uh, f- uh, futures, and more. While Santa has his, they've checked off the new list. They go with a little something for everyone. And this is the promotion you do not want to miss, especially with the NBA and the NHL in full swing and all of the college bowl games right around the corner. Uh, it really is the holiday season and is the best time of the year for sports betting. Parlays, teasers, specials, anything you could ever ask for. MyBookie.ag is here to make Christmas great again. Head on over to MyBookie.ag and use the promo code, all caps, triple X, to get half off your initial deposit and free wagers. And that's just the start of your savings. Make sure to check the site out during the promotion because there's going to be something new every day and you're going to want to take advantage of these deals. So go to mybookie.ag. Like I said, use the promo code triple X and let's start winning today. 
Pete, um, this is an interesting one. Commander of Awesome. And first off, your profile picture is Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. So fantastic on that. What is going on with Jannard Avery? My first thing, Pete, would be they made the move Philadelphia thinking they were going to go on that run. They go on every year. Philadelphia never hit that run. Um, what made Philadelphia great is, is, you know, you got to play, and this is what we talked about the Browns this year, you got to play a lot of pass defense late in the game. Philly never got to that era. These games were tight. And, you know, look, I mean, it, they had a really, really great run, but sometimes some injuries and things just, you know, sometimes the breaks beat the boys. And it's kind of what's going on with Philly. But, you know, Jannard Avery, I believe it's 24 overall snaps. It might be a little more than he played here. Um, and it's the same. Jannard Avery, promising young player. So here it is, and, you know, an absolute lost year in year two of his career. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 my, my theory on this really is that, you know, because the way the Browns had asked him to put on weight, um, that it simply has not been a situation where he's been able to sort of adjust. And I think, you know, as much as the Eagles may have wanted him to sort of be able to help them right now, they may have realistically been saying, look, it's about next year. We just want you to get back to being that player and we're going to get you on track for that. Um, I, I think we're going to, you know, we'll see. It, it, we could be dead wrong and he could, you know, just not be a factor for them um, and ultimately find his way back to Greg Williams at some point, because I'm, I'm basically, I'm amazed that's not what happened, but uh, I think he's going to come back next year and sort of be more reminiscent than the player we, we thought he was going to be based on, you know, getting Which his body I think what there. Philly thought. And then Philly got him in there and they were like, oh, all right, well, it's going to take you a little while to get back to what we saw. And remember, where Jannard Avery lit the lamp was against Philly in week three of the preseason of his rookie year. Go ahead. So, yeah, I, I think uh, we'll, we'll see. I think it, it, it's become a point where it's, you know, he, he, his season is essentially completely wasted. Um, and, and we'll see if he comes back and, and gets back to basically being who we thought he was, who he was as a rookie, and, and becomes that nice, you know, uh, nice role player, which is all we really wanted him to be. Or one of these three, four teams says, hey, this might be a guy for us as a stand-up edge, which certainly could be a possibility. And, you know, there's teams out there still doing it. There's teams out there should have interest. Who knows? Now that could be that. Uh, Lucky Bo, I love you. You always bring a bunch of questions. Um, there will never be a Baker-Higgins relationship. Nope. It, there is no way. And look, you know, I'm not saying this because I know this. Rashard Higgins would be a fool to ever sign to stay with this organization. Just can't do it. It's got to move on. Pete, Browns-wise, NFL-wise, getting on the playoff picture here. Anything Pete Smith's got to get off his chest? Huh. I, I should probably have something. I, I don't. I don't know if I have. Don't know if I have anything all that interesting. I. I. You know. I'm just more. In, I. I just want to know what the deal is with. Um, with 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 Beckham and 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 Landry. Like I. I just want to know what brass tacks is. My assumption is on this that. Look, when Beckham is sort of. You know, sober. Clear, clear, thoughted uh, has a chance to out really of the moment. Yeah, and then you know he talks. Not again. Some of those reports are from October. Uh, that uh, he he's rational and he understands sort of the deal here. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily thrilled about it, but 
I think he understands it's sort of out of control. The Landry stuff I always sort of thought was tongue in cheek if it was true, but these are things that they've got to figure out because the Browns. And they get, well, it's just got to stop. Look, I mean, they did something. Something happened somewhere. There was a gesture, something that led to this. But, you know, again, you, you, you don't necessarily have to be leaders, but you don't have to be distractions. You know, both these guys are in their, their sixth year now. They know the game. They're not foolish. They're getting paid a boatload of money. Go out there, perform. That's all you got to do, man. You, look, it's, you know, the checks come in the same. So don't bring more negativity to a city that's dealt with it from their own media for freaking ever. Right. So I think the big question the Browns have to answer this offseason, and I think that's from top down, is who 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 are they? Uh, and and I think that is the question that that comes to. Beckham, Landry, and really the the coach, the GM, and, and every every decision they're going to make is who are we? Who are we? How how do we get there? And and you know that if the, the the they answer those questions and they come back happy with what they the the answer with those two, then then figure it out and, and get it going. If they don't, then then you have to have a real discussion on on where to go. Look, I mean, you know, J.C. Treader's probably not happy. Joe Batonio's probably not happy. I'm sure Nick Chubb. I want to score a touchdown. I just want to win. I'm sure Nick Chubb ain't happy. I'm not saying, look, you got to, you know, become these guys who are, you know, less vocal, and that's not Joel necessarily, and it's not necessarily JC, but look, less distractions, and more positivity, and guess what? Here's the thing, guys. You come off positive in these press conferences, especially with this beat, you're in and out in five. All they're looking for is to crave on that negative BS. Maybe they've seemed a little more. Maybe they're okay with it. Maybe year two will, for Odell, will make it easier. But look, you know, for what's there at you know most of the key spots, keep that together. He is Smith at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, make sure you're following at Browns Maven on Twitter. Check everything out through the si.com, uh, through si.com. Anything you click on Browns wise, take you to Pete and his uh, team over there. What doing Browns wise? Um, for the show at Locked On Browns, all lowercase, always a follow back account. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are always open at as well as the Locked On Browns account. I appreciate you guys chiming in. Anything you want, you know. Sometimes there's critiques, that's fine too. Or there's questions about something we said here. And I'm not gonna lie, guys. Sometimes Pete and I, we don't do a lot of planning. Like we discuss like the major topics, but sometimes yeah, we say something and you know. We can go back three minutes later and say, ooh, something that came out of my mouth and it was inaccurate and incorrect. No, yeah, it happens. <laughs> you know, if we butchered names for ages, I mean, good Lord. He was Todd Munkin. I mean, he was Todd Kitchens before he was Freddie Kitchens. Apologies. Perhaps that was a good indication of what, what, what should have been, ha- what should have happened. Very, I don't know your name. It probably isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah, good point there. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.